what is salvation? Thanks for joining me for episode 10 of Isaiah House Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Owenby. Subscribe to this podcast to keep up to date with the latest episodes, and don't forget to share with your friends. Wherever where you listen to podcasts, you can search using the term Isaiah House in Apple or listen directly at www.isaiah.house. What is salvation? It's a term that all too often us churchgoers take for granted. While a later episode, I'll dig further into sharing our faith and look at some practical tips for doing so. Right now, I want to dig into the nuts and bolts of what salvation is and really put it under a microscope. The definition of salvation is the preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. A good illustration of this is a life preserver thrown to the person in dire need. I don't know what picture comes to your mind, but for me, it's a guy bobbing in the water, fighting for his life in a rushing river. And as he's headed for a giant waterfall, and just before he goes over the edge, someone tosses him a life preserver and drags him into safety. Sounds dramatic? Well, it is. But it's no comparison to the shape that we were in before Christ rescued us. A theological definition of salvation is deliverance from sin and its consequences, believed by Christians to be brought about by a faith in Christ. So then, sin is a river, what a man is drowning in, and the consequences of that sin would be the waterfall, in my illustration. The root word of sin means to miss the mark. It's like an archer missing a bullseye. It means not having met God's standard. Ephesians 2 says that we were dead in our trespasses of sin. Death is basically separation. It's the first death is separation from the body and the spirit. On earth, we can have a dead faith if we have religion without works. For more information on that, listen to episode 8 about being lukewarm. Then there's a spiritual death, which at a final judgment, they'll be separated from God. Dead in trespasses of sin. We all know that trespassing is. It's being on the wrong side of our property line. So being dead in our trespasses is being on the wrong side of God's law. So at this point, you might say, well, hold up. I, I know I'm not a super Christian, but I'm not that bad. If I were to ask you, are you a good person, you would probably say yes. And I might even agree with you, especially if we compare your life to the rest of humanity. But what about God's law, the Ten Commandments? So the first four deals with God and how we relate to God of, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, thou shalt not make any graven images, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. And the last six is how that we deal with humanity, or other mankind. Honor thy father and mother, shall not kill, shall not commit adultery, shall not steal, shall not bear false witness or lie, and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, wife, or possessions. On the outset, you might say, well, I've never killed anybody, and I've not committed adultery, and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a liar, but Little White Lies is still missing the mark. If you say, oh my G-O-D, that's taking God's name in vain. Downloading music that you haven't paid for is theft. And Jesus said that lusting after a woman is like committing adultery in your heart. Or that if you hate somebody, then you've murdered them in your heart. In Matthew 22, Jesus boiled it down to, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. This means that if you put God first place in your life and do to others as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule, then you will be in keeping with all of God's laws. So the problem is, 
we fall woefully short of keeping God first place and putting others' needs ahead of our own. Romans 3 puts it, The righteousness of God has been manifested or brought to light apart from the law, although it does bear witness of it. So we aren't held to that law, but that law reveals to us our heart and where we're at with God. So the righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus. For all who have believed, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and we are justified by God's grace. Grace is an unmerited favor, and it's a gift through redemption in Christ Jesus, who God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. All right, so propitiation is a big word, but it means to appease. It's like, as a pagan example, you think of uh, the gods of like a volcano, and they have to take a, a virgin up and, and toss her in. That's to appease the gods. Well, God's requirement for payment for sin is by blood. And this was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time. So God is both the just one because he requires holiness and perfection for us to be with him and to have intimacy with him. But he's also the one who is the justifier, the one who provided the sacrifice for us. So this is a lot to take in, but it's explaining that we have all sinned and fall short of God's glory. But the God put forth Jesus as a perfect sacrifice to pay the debt that we owe to God. That is free to us. And God gets the glory because he is just in requiring payment for sin and the justifier because he pays the price for the one who has faith in Jesus. So Jesus is a life preserver thrown by God. Okay, so what's our part? Well, we have to take hold of Jesus. If God throws you a free gift or a life preserver and you don't take hold of it, then what good is it? In one word, we must believe. That word believe in the original language is so much more than just a head knowledge. It's pastuo, and that's to put your total trust and confidence in something. To bet your life on it. That's a big statement. I mean, have you bet your life on Jesus? If you have bet your life on Jesus, and God's at the other line, then hang on. He's bringing you home. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We have a lot of references. Please listen to these and take them to heart. Meditate on them. Take time to digest and let them soak in. Ephesians 2 says, You were dead in your trespasses of sin. John one twenty nine. The next day he saw Jesus coming, that's John the Baptist, and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Acts 4, 10-12 Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 10.10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart one believes and is justified, and with a mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 2 Corinthians 7.10, 
For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Ephesians 1, 7-14 In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be praised of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Philippians 2.12 Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. 2 Timothy 3.15 From childhood you have been acquainted with his sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 2.3 how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. Hebrews 5.9 And being made perfect, he, that is, Jesus, became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Hebrews 9.28 So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. 1 Peter 1, 5-9 who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, through now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold by perishes through by tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Matthew seven twelve through 24 So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Beware false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on the house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains fell, and the floods came, 
And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and how great was the fall of it. In John 3.16, where you probably learned as a little kid, that has so much meaning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Thanks for listening. This has been a segment of Isaiah House Audio Productions based out of Orange, Virginia. We're a Christian podcast about Christian living, where we share practical tips for how to walk out your faith in everyday life. Check us out online at www.isaiah.house. Again, that is www.isaiah.house. There you'll find daily devotional in the form of a blog, sign up for our email list, and even learn how to plug into the ministry.